0: So it's great to see all of you here with your t-shirts today, uh, those who have served on a missions team. Would you just kind of wave at me if you've been on any of the 51 missions teams? Would you wave? Wow, wonderful. Thank you so much. I can tell you, um, just like here in the States, you know, restaurants have a reputation. It's a great restaurant. Even churches have a reputation. You know, It's a great church. I can tell you that among missionaries, uh, missions teams have a reputation as well. And Kingwood is always around the world. Missionaries that I know in every region, they always look forward to a team coming from Kingwood. And so you guys carry that reputation everywhere. So thank you so much just for all that you do. You've been supporting us since 2001. And so today's just such a great day, this missions day for us to make those commitments to help continue to support those missionaries around the world. But I can tell you, friends, it's making a difference. And we're just delighted that... We get to be in partnership with you. I really believe what I said with Pastor Jay, that we're an expression of your heart. The things that you're doing here, we get to do there. We get to be a part of what God is calling all of us to do. Of course, you do it here in in Alabaster, in this this county, in this region. We get to do it where we live, but we're very, very thankful. I love the theme that you have been talking about. Uh, I listened to Pastor Jay's message online. I hope you have as well if you were not here But what a great message. Living the belief that anyone can find Jesus. Anyone can find Jesus. And I love the way he broke that phrase down and helped explain that that's our heart here at Kingwood. And today I want to continue that by focusing on the word anyone. Anyone. How many of you really believe that anyone can find Jesus? Do you really believe that? I mean, it's easy to say it. It sounds good. It's easy for us to print it in our materials, but do we really believe that anyone can find Jesus? You know, I I want to remind you, it's more than a message. It's more than a theme that we use on a missions day. It's more than something we put in print or or that we put on our website just to say, Hey, everybody, this sounds good, and we want to kind of keep it in front of us. It must be connected to not only our beliefs, but our behaviors. And that's why I love the message Pastor Jay preached that we're living what we believe. We're living the belief. It's not enough just to believe it. You know, the, the demons believe in Jesus. The devil believes in Jesus. But friends, it's when we connect our beliefs and our behaviors. It's when we take those steps together to say it's more than a belief, but, but we're putting our, our values into practice and really showing that anyone can come and find Jesus. I want to read a very, I think, clear verse to us today that helps us understand that. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. And I apologize. I think on the PowerPoint I sent it says 1 Peter. It does. So forgive me for that typo. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It simply says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone. Come on, say that word with me. Not wanting anyone, say it like you believe it, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You know, if you really read this chapter, Peter begins by writing uh, about the day of the Lord and Jesus' return, and, and again, we see it in this passage where he says, you know, even in the last days, scoffers will come, and they will say, where is his promise that, 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 that he said he was coming, but, but if he's coming, why hasn't he come? He even said that even from that day until today, Peter writes and he says, they will accuse us that things continue just as they always have. And yet he still has not come back. You know, I want to remind all of us today, Jesus really is coming back. It's more than a song. It's more than a story your grandparents used to tell you. We believe that this same Jesus who died for us, who rose again, who ascended to heaven... The angel said in Acts chapter 1, he said, This same Jesus will come back in the same way that you've seen him go. We know in John 14, Jesus told us, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come back. Friends, I want to remind you, he is coming back. And that's the context of this chapter. And even though people are questioning, well, is he coming? When will he come? They make fun of us. And yet, why hasn't he come? So Peter writes and he says the reason he hasn't come is because God is not willing that anyone should perish. You know, sometimes we just get so accustomed to doing church and doing ministry and the responsibilities of life. Friends, I want to remind you today, this is more than a Sunday. This missions day is more than a day on the calendar once a year. It's a day to remind us that the heart of God beats for souls every single day, that says, I'm not willing that anyone, not that anyone should perish. And the world that we live in, billions of people who have yet to hear about Jesus that really are lost, and, and yet we can become comfortable with that. I want to remind you, God's not comfortable. God is not comfortable with that fact that people in your family, if they died today, they would not make heaven. You and I can say, well, you know, they've had their chance. They've had their opportunity. And we can give up on them. But I want to remind you, God has not given up on anyone. He's not willing that any of them perish. But then there's that word that everyone comes to repentance. Friends, if we're not careful, we can have a missions drift. And we can forget that the church is not just about what we do. It's who we are. It's about the heart of God that lives inside of us that Our heart becomes his heart and and that we live out our faith in Jesus, that we remember our calling. In 19 years that we've served now as the Sons of God, world missionaries, I can tell you that one of the greatest joys for us is still to lead people to Jesus. You know, yes, we have to, you know, try to find buildings and negotiate contracts and you know, we, we're, we're creating ministries that we feel are strategic, and we're training church planters. But there's nothing greater to me than the joy of seeing one person come to Jesus and see that person's life change and see them become uh, grow on a, on a track where their spiritual formation continues to grow and they become a, a, a disciple of Jesus. Our church is full of first-generation followers of Jesus. And I love it. I'm so thankful. I'm fourth generation. Many of you may be third, fourth, fifth generation, but I'm thankful to see people that are still first generation Christians coming to Jesus. I want to share with you a few simple thoughts today from this theme of anyone, anyone. First of all, that we believe that God can reach anyone. Do you believe that? We believe that God can reach anyone. Sometimes we have a mentality that, you know, well, this is where we, 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 we reach out and we do ministry because those people are easy to reach. But can I tell you, as you focus today, as, as this year you focus a lot on the 1040 window, you focus on people who are not so easy to reach. In fact, we call them unreached or least reached people of the world. And of course, there's thousands, over 6,000 still unreached people groups. There are many least reached people groups that I can tell you still need to hear about Jesus and yet sometimes we say well they're just too far it's too difficult the price is is too much but I want you to know today we at Kingwood believe that God can reach anyone no one is too far no one is too far one of the greatest lessons that we've learned in missions is that God really loves people he loves them more than we love them And his desire is to reach them no matter where they are. You know, when I first came to Europe, there was this mentality that Muslims were going to take over the world. They were going to take over Europe. The birth rate of Muslims was much greater than the birth rate of Europeans. Europeans were dying out because their birth rate was less than what it needed to be to sustain growth. And and yet, Muslims who were coming into Europe were having these very high birth rates and There was just this fear that that Islam was going to take over our continent. But I can tell you the opposite has taken place. We have seen many Muslims, hundreds, even thousands of Muslims who have come to Jesus in the last few years. I'll never forget the first time that we saw my first Muslim come to the Lord that I led to Jesus. His name was Jamal. Jamal came to church and he came down in one of the altar calls right in this area. And I went down to pray for him, and I said, Jamal, what can I pray with you about today? And he says, well, I've been reading a Bible. Someone gave me a Bible, and I'm very interested to know more about Jesus. He said, in fact, I would say that as I've been reading this Bible, that I'm a 50% follower of Jesus and 50% follower of Muhammad. So, of course, there were a lot of things I wanted to say to him. But I said, you know, Jamal, I want to encourage you to keep reading your Bible And I pray that the God of that Bible will reveal himself to you. Well, Jamal kept coming to church, and even though he said he was Muslim, he kept coming and kept being a part of our worship services. A few months later, he came down, but he was in this part of the altar praying. And I did not have an opportunity to go to him, but I asked one of our men, I said, hey, would you please go pray with him? Last time I talked to him, he told me he was a 50% follower of Jesus, 50% follower of Muhammad, of Islam, well, after service, that man came to me. He said, Hey, Pastor, you know that guy Jamal? Today, I he, he told me he's 75% follower of Jesus and he's 25% follower of, of Islam. Well, of course, as you can imagine, a few more months passed and we were having baptism service and Jamal was being baptized that day. And when he came forward I be, to baptize him, I, I said, Jamal, when I first met you, you were 50 50. Then I heard you were 70 25. I said, but you're here today, so what's going on? And he raised both of his hands, and he said, Pastor, I want everybody to know all the fear has gone from my heart. People put fear in our hearts towards Christians and towards Christianity, but I want you to know God has taken away that fear. And today I renounce Islam, and I want everybody to know I am a 100% follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. Friends, God can reach anyone And that was the beginning of us seeing Muslims come to Jesus. Over the last five years, we have seen over 1,500 Muslims come through our church that we have led to Jesus. Now, we have helped thousands and thousands more than that with compassion uh, ministry items, food and clothes as refugees that came through our city and were either staying for a period of time or moving on. But those who stayed, we've led them to the Lord And they've become a part of our church, and many of them have gone back to their countries, and they've led their family members to the Lord. In fact, out of the brochure that you have today that says 69 different nations in the 1040 window, we have 32 of those nations represented in our church of people that we have led to Jesus in the last few years because God can reach anyone. He can reach anyone. No one is too far. I want you to know, friends, that God continues to do that. There was another Muslim who came to our our service one day. His name was Amir. Amir had a very unique story. He actually uh, first came to, to went to Mecca. He, He desired to be a religious cleric. He didn't want to be a terrorist, but he wanted to be a religious cleric, very strong in his religion. And so we have a picture of him where he went to, Uh, to mecca and he's he's there doing his pilgrimage he's doing all the religious things that he's supposed to do he comes out into this open courtyard that day and he told me he gave me this picture and he told me the story he says as i came out into the courtyard that day he said i heard these screams taking place and he said i thought why are people screaming and he said i went over to where they were and that particular day they were practicing capital punishment And they were cutting the hands off of children who had stolen things. And these mothers are just screaming and saying, please, please cut my hand, but don't hurt my children. And he said, for the very first time, I began to question this religion that I've served. How can can it be so oppressive to the people who sacrifice so much to follow this religion? Later, of course, the refugee... A wave started and many people were coming to Europe and, and and many were coming because of persecution. Others were coming because it was an opportunity to have a better life. Well, he wanted to come just because he thought, wow, it would be fun to live in Europe and, and be able to make some money and do some things. So he gets on a boat, actually a raft. You'll see a picture of him in the raft. There were 28 people as they crossed this raft. Many, of course, people that have crossed the raft, hundreds of them have died in the open waters over the years. But this particular day, he told me, the guy who was smuggling us across, he told us, throw your passports, throw your documents in the water, because if they find any documents, they will send you back. Well, of course, when they landed, they had nothing. And he said it took him 33 days from the place that he landed in Greece to walk to our city in Vienna. He comes to the train station in Vienna. The day that he shows up, he's looking around. He doesn't know where to go, doesn't know what to do. A lady from India from our church. She loves the Lord. She's such a soul winner. She sees him. She walks up to him and she says, can I help you? He says, well, I'm a refugee from Iran and I just arrived today. I don't know where to sleep. I don't know where to to find food. And she says, well, we can help you. She says, we have a lot of Iranians in our church. And he says, well, what kind of church is it? She says, well, it's an evangelical church, a Christian church. He says, but I'm a Muslim. She says, I know, but but you should come and meet these people, and they will help you. So the next morning, they met in the train station, and she brought him to church on Sunday morning. That day, as he sat in the service, he said to me, he says, there's just something that began to stir in my heart that I had never felt before. He said, it overwhelmed me. And I began to cry. He said, my mind went back to Mecca. And that day when I, for the very first time, I questioned my religion. And, and why could this religion that I've served be so oppressive to the people? And he said, today, he says, I've, I really, I heard for the very first time a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus. I had never heard that before. We have another picture because I don't know how we captured it. But that day, he came down to the altar and he just cried out and saying, God, if you are real, if this is real, then I give my heart to you. And I want you to know, God changed that young man. Within a few months, we took about six months to disciple him. We baptized him. You'll see him here being baptized. He became one of the greatest evangelists. He has led hundreds of Muslims to Jesus. All because... <laughs> hallelujah. All because... All because, friends, I want to remind you, we believe that God can reach anyone no matter who they are, no matter where they're from. The Bible tells us in Peter that once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we had not received mercy, but now we've received mercy. Aren't you thankful for God's mercy? Oh, I want you to know that mercy is still new every morning. It's still reaching out to people every day, so don't stop praying for your family. Don't stop believing that no matter how far they are away from God, that God can still reach them today. Secondly, we believe that God can change anyone. It's not just about reaching them. Friends, God can change us. He doesn't just leave us where he finds us, but God can do an amazing work in the hearts and lives of people. In fact, we believe, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone, there's that word again, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old things, what? They're gone. They pass away. And behold, all things become new. Friends, we believe God can change anyone. No matter where they are, he can find them. But when he finds them, he can change them. You know, I want to show you a picture of a guy named Abraham. Not Abraham, but Abraham with an I. Abraham, when I first met him, he told me a story. He, He was so full of anger and bitterness He's from Syria, and he had served in the secret police under Assad's regime. Because of that, he was targeted, and, and, and ISIS tried to kill him. Instead of killing him, they killed his family. They put a car bomb under his car, but he was not in the car yet. His wife, his two children, his mother and father were in the car. And in one moment, he lost his entire family. Because he hated war, he left Syria and he tried to make his way as a refugee into Europe. And when he came to Europe, eventually to Vienna, someone brought him to church. I want you to listen to the story as he tells it himself on the day that we baptized him. Watch this video with us today. You're from, can I tell everybody where you're from? You're from Syria. And uh, we've seen a lot of refugees that have come over these last few years from Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, uh, of course, many places in Africa. But you're, you're one of the stories that really inspire us because y- you were a person who lost but, everything. But can you describe what happened in 2013? What, what did you lose?
1: Um, the the war began in 2011, and I was working as a special place. Right. In November 2013, the ISIS attacked my whole family with a car bomb, and he killed all of my family.
0: So, so ISIS, when they attacked your family in this, this car bomb, but you, you lost everybody. Your wife, your children, everybody.
1: And after that, uh, I decided to get out from this country because I don't believe in war. Right.
0: Well, I, I can imagine because I actually read what you wrote and you and I have had conversations before, but how did that make you feel towards God? You know, did you feel angry, sad? How did you feel when, when you lost everything?
1: Actually I was very angry and very sad and I was always saying because we were young, our parents they say us, they are angels, they will protect us, uh, they were uh, God. And I say, okay, this is a big liar because if they were angels, they will protect not my parents, but my children, at least my kids. And I decided to get out from Syria. It take me two months to get to Europe mm-hmm. two because months. two months. <clears throat> because, you know, I, I lost everything. And after I came to, to the Vienna, and someone who invited me to the church. It was another church. I just want to say no. I say yes. I don't know why. <laughs> you don't know why. But you, were,
0: <laughs> yeah. you just went to church. You wanted to say no, but you said yes. That's what happens.
1: Yeah. And uh, and uh, that person, thanks to him, he told me, give your heart to Jesus. And first time I was so, I'm not sure to give my heart to Jesus. But the day I decided to give my heart to Jesus, that anger and that sadness, he take it from my heart. Amen. Amen. And I have one message for these people who kill my family. Today I will forgive you.
0: Amen. Powerful man. Thanks for saying that. Did you hear that? These people who killed my family. Today I have a message for you. I I forgive you. Only God. Only God can take away anger. Only God can take away loss and, and give us the ability to do that. Friends, that's not human. That's, that's supernatural. It's not from our heart. It's because of what God's done in your life, Abraham. And you've been through a lot. It hasn't been easy since you've been here. we've talked a lot about things you've been through, but you know what? You're on a good path right now. And God has great things in front of you. Can you say praise the Lord? (laughs) Hallelujah. A man who was full of bitterness and anger and yet he said when I gave my heart to Jesus he took it away he took the sadness away friends not only can God reach everyone he could change everyone he said on that day I forgive those people how do you forgive somebody who killed your family how do you forgive somebody who was trying to take everything away from you and yet that's the power of the gospel, I want to encourage you today, we believe God can reach, but we also believe God can change. And I've said it, but I want to say it one more time. Please, some of you in this place, you've given up on your family, you've given up on your children, you've given up on your friends. No one is too far from God. No one is too far from God. The power of God, the the God that we've worshiped today, the Bible that we read today, it still works, friends. It still works. Finally, we believe that God can use anyone. We believe God can use anyone, not just Americans. God can use Syrians. God can use Iranians. God can use Chinese people from difficult, closed countries. God can use anyone. You know, it's not enough for us to say that we're spirit-filled believers. But here at Kingwood, it's got to be more than that. We don't don't just say that we're spirit-filled believers so we can have a freedom in worship. We we love to worship, and we love to have freedom in our expression of that, but, but we must have an expression of spirit empowerment, something that enables us to do what Jesus called us to do. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just for entertainment in the church. The Holy Spirit empowers us to cross borders, to cross language barriers, cultures, geography, so that... We can reach people and so that we can be used, all of us can be used to reach those that God has called us to. We're empowered to be witnesses. And I would say to you today that a church without power has an incomplete gospel. And so may God empower us today. May he use us today. The song that we sang in worship today, what a powerful song. But it's got to be more than a song. It's got to be a truth that we live in our behaviors to say, Lord, I, I believe what I'm singing that you really can use me. I want to ask musicians to come. And I want to close with a story. There's a man in our church. I'm going to call him Yosef today. Because we need to protect his identity. We have a, a picture. You can see him. But, but I just I want you to know that when Yosef first came to us. Um, it was amazing just to kind of hear his story of, of coming to Jesus. A friend led him to the Lord. He's married, he has two daughters, but when he first came to Jesus, his wife was not interested at all. In fact, she's still not a believer today. Every single Sunday in our church, during our prayer time, he comes down front, every Sunday. He has one prayer request, Lord, save my wife, save my family. He's from Afghanistan, his wife's family's from Iran, again, part of this 1040 window that we're praying for and that we're focusing on today. When I first met him, I, I, I just sensed his hunger for the Lord, and he wanted to do something for God. But just like all of us, he's gone through difficult things. He was in a car accident. When He, was, he came out of the, 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 the coma he was in. He had a bleed, brain bleed, and during that time, he, he lost a lot of his memory. In fact, he, before he went, had the accident, he spoke three languages. He spoke Farsi, he spoke German, and he spoke English. But when he came out of the coma, he only spoke English. He lost two of his languages. The problem was his wife only spoke, she only spoke Farsi. So you can imagine living in a home with a spouse that you know but you don't know and you can't communicate with them. So of course the church, we became very involved in trying to help them and doing everything we could to minister to them. As he began to recover, every week he'd come forward and I would say, You know, how are you doing physically? Let's pray for your healing. Pray for these languages to come back. He said, no, 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 pray for my wife. Pray for her to find Jesus. I said, yeah, but we can pray for her, but we need to pray for your healing. He said, no, pray for my wife. Each and every week, just the same prayer request. Over time, God did heal him, and today he's doing very, very well physically. All the languages came back. He speaks three languages, which makes his home life much better. But he brought his wife to me one day in the office just a few months ago, and, and uh, I thought they wanted marriage counseling. But when he came to me, he says, Pastor, will you pray for us? We're going to go back to Iran my wife's uh, for, for a visit. My wife's dad is elderly, and he's going to die. And she said, my wife wants to see him before he dies, but most of all, he doesn't know Jesus. And I said to him, I, I said, Joseph, I said, you can't go back you're a Christian now. Your brother-in-laws, your wife's brothers will want to kill you. I said, people in the community will want to kill you. Everyone will know you're a Christian and you cannot go back. He says, you don't understand. I have to go back. I have to go back. He says, my my father-in-law is going to die and he doesn't know Jesus. And he said, I have to tell him about Jesus. And I said, I understand. Let's pray for him, but you can't go back. And he says, oh, pastor, I have to go back. You don't understand. I have to go back. And he pulled out this envelope from his Bible. It's a giving envelope, much like you use here. He didn't even know how to say it. But he said, Pastor, I have to go back because I have to do this. And he pointed to the word missions. And he said, I have to do this. I have to tell my father-in-law about Jesus before he dies. And one more time, I said, Yosef, you can't go back. They're going to kill you. And he said these words to me. He said, Pastor, we're all going to die somewhere. So, what does it matter if I die here in Vienna, if I die in Iran, if I die in Afghanistan? Doesn't matter where I die as long as I can make sure that I tell my family about Jesus. You know, friends, kind of sums it all up today. Really just sums up this whole Missions Day. God can can reach anyone, He can change anyone, and God can use anyone. But what we all have to do is we all have to do this. We have to do it locally and we have to do it globally. And together on this Mission Sunday, I just pray that one more time the wind of God would blow through Kingwood and would just awaken our hearts to just say, Lord, use us. We believe that you can reach. We believe you can change. But God, we also believe you can use us. And you can use our hands to go farther, Lord, than we could ever believe before. So I'm going to ask you, would you bow your head right now? I want to lead you in prayer. Pastor Jay's going to come. But all around this room, would you just pray with me right now? If you need Jesus, what a great moment just to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Maybe, maybe you, you're praying for someone. It's a great moment to pray, Lord, reach them, find them, change them. Father, we just pray right now that you would help us to live out our beliefs. Lord, we know that your word says that if people declare Jesus is Lord, if they believe in their heart, as the scripture said, if anyone who believes on him will never be put to shame, for everyone, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Lord, today we pray that, that you would help us at Kingwood to be a part of your mission. And that we would never forget these simple principles, living the belief that anyone can find Jesus. Lord, we pray for our family. We pray for our community. We pray for our city. We pray for our nation, Lord. Send an awakening again, just like the great awakening years ago. Send a great awakening to America again. Lord, would you also let it flow around the world. Lord, would you help us to be a part of what you're doing, we pray. We commit all these things to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.